We have awakened in a dream that was four plus years in the making, and we're waking up in it. I just smile with delight because almost every room that we walk into, you're like, what a gift. Our church gathers and we see each other. What a gift. There's more time to hang out in between services. What a gift. We've now seen Salt Company kick off. What a gift, right? Uh, Last night, youth kicked off. What a gift. It just feels like you're playing in a field of grace, that we don't deserve it, but I just am so thankful for where we're at. Welcome to Keystone Conversations, our podcast on the topics and issues important to the Keystone family. Our hope is to give insight, wisdom, and resources as you press on to know and follow Jesus. I'm Randy Woodbury, executive pastor here at Keystone, and with me are the two big guns, lead pastor Brent Minter. Hello, hello. Teaching pastor Matt Fry. Hey there. I always love being in this group because I know exactly what my role is and where I rank. I love it. What's, wow. what's your role? Let's talk about Keep it. Keep us on the rails. <laughs> this is the key. And it's been a while. It has been a yeah. while. And just for our listeners realize, you know, that was purposeful. Uh, summer hiatus, we call it. Guess what happened this summer? We're all pretty busy. Man. There's a few things going on. Vacations happen. I mean, just in a normal, boring thing. And let's move a church. Yep. Let's have a new property. So we decided giving everyone a break isn't the worst idea If ever. only people could see the room we're in. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. things are different. It is Things nice. are different than they used to be. It yeah. is good. But we're excited today to get back on with Keystone Conversations. As we get into the fall, we have some great plans ahead. But as we look into this first episode of the fall, there's two aspects that seem to jump out to us that, that I think one would be interesting to talk about, but I think our people would be interested in as well. And first, uh, just a few minutes impressions of the move, the new building, what we've learned so far. And then secondly, we get to introduce our new sermon series that we're going to have this Sunday. Uh, but let's start with the first one. And Brent, let me start with you. Um as you look through where we've been, where we're at now, you've had some excellent messages to to help us spiritually prepare for that. But just what's brought you the most joy in this new season of Keystone at our new building, this new tool that God's given us? Yeah, so many people at Keystone are so kind and have walked up to me in moments and just said, how are you doing really? And and in the best sense of the word, just like we know it's a lot and mm-hmm. checking in on me, which so considerate. And every time that that happens, the only word that can come to mind is recess. I I know that that's not everyone's story in the midst of transition. There's some administrative folks that have suffered mm-hmm. <laughs> in the midst of this. But for me, it feel, it's felt like recess. It's felt like the boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places for me. It it just feels like you we are, have wake, awakened in a dream that was four plus years in the making and we're waking up in it. And it, I I just smile with delight because almost every room that we walk into, you're like, what a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, our church gathers and we see each other. What a gift. Mm. There's more time to hang out in between services. What a gift. We've now seen Salt Company kick off. What a gift, right? Uh, right. Last night, youth kicked off. Mm. And so I think for me... Um, as we've walked through it, as we've been able to gather and worship in this place, I just am waking up in gratitude mm-hmm. because it, man, the people of Keystone have given sacrificially, have been patient through a long process. That's right. And we've kind of woke up at 5525 Northeast Delaware Avenue uh, in 2023, the year of our Lord. And 
I just am thankful. That's yep. that's the only words that I could say is just it just feels like you're playing in a field of grace that we don't deserve it, but I just am so thankful for where we're at. And to clarify for some of our uh, family who may not realize, recess in that context is a positive thing. Some of us had a different experience for recess oh. in most of our rough on the playground elementary and. <laughs> <laughs> recess so, is so where a I can positive contracts. Okay, yeah, it just feels like good. It feels like finally we got to the day that's really fun. Not like recess. Oh my goodness, what's going to happen today? Correct. I need to run. Right. <laughs> we had different childhoods, right? <laughs> that kid on the playground. Maybe Brent was that kid on the playground. Hey, the highlight know. of my recess was I got to QB the scrub team once. <laughs> that was the height of my of my thing. Matt, how about for you? And, <clears throat> and a little different, maybe what's been most surprising to you, uh, also on the gratitude side, but yeah. what are some of your I, I mean, in a good way, I'd pile on to what Brent said. I think... Uh, I think one thing I noticed was I think a communication of, you know, and we live in the world of leadership-wise of elders, ministry staff, support staff. We live in all those worlds. And I think across the board, seeing a sense, the sense that our staff had of what a privilege it was to do something like this. Mm -hmm. Like how, man, my dad ministered faithfully for years, never had the opportunity to to see the charge into a new facility like this and, and the change. And so... Uh, and I think that was communicated well, especially to some of our younger staff who really grasped, man, what a what a privilege it is to be part of this. Even even in all the the behind the scenes and all the mm-hmm. hard work of working on the system instead of in the system, it's been good to get yeah. it's been good to get back to working in the system. But yeah. I think that was the first thing. Um, I, I think the second thing, and it, to me, it ties to the know and follow of in and out of spiritual family and on the move. I thought that was just a great kind of end cap to the move into the new building of not forgetting this it's it's a new facility but it's the same people you know yeah. it's a new place but the same people and we're we're a spiritual family and we're on the move and sort of you know reawakening to that in this new place i think it's been good the last couple of weeks i think it just to tag on to that two things matt is i think there have been ser- i mean a significant amount of new people show up which was a, a little bit of anticipated right but i feel like one of my favorite things like hey welcome to our new house but Welcome to who we are. Mm-hmm. I felt Correct. like that that from my soul of like trying to balance out like we have been given one of the most unbelievable gifts, but it's not about the gift. And so I do feel like God led us gracefully through that. When you come on the back end of that, that's what it's felt like. But and also the other thing I would add to that, Matt, is very similar to what you said about, you know, elders, ministry staff, support staff. I just feel like I'm thankful for the people of Keystone because the people of Keystone have been eager from the day we moved out. Like it was how many people to help us move out of eight, four, nine yeah. to the transition Sundays and all the efforts there and the training yeah. to the first Sunday where people volunteers just knew what to do and where to be. I mean, yeah, and I, and just the joy, I feel like, you know, in a, it's different mm-hmm. fact. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's not ignore that. It's just different and it's not going to feel the same, but I have sensed from the people of Keystone just, engagement and excitement to push into that. Mm-hmm. Gratitude is a great word and mm-hmm. just express our formal gratitude. Thank you to all, yeah. every level, every time, every moment, whether we saw you or not. There was, I mean, there was people here every day of the week, different hours, some work hours, some not work hours. There's people that took work off to come here and did a lot of work volunteering, just every level, such a great gift. And the thing that has encouraged me is to see our people see the size of our family 
finally. Mm. If you think back in 849, mm. we had three services. You were, you were literally constrained in how much of our family you could see at any given, any given time. I remember the one time during COVID we did the outdoor service. Oh, it was man. one of the first times ever yeah. in my time here that we had ever seen. And I, I remember that in the confines of COVID, even people saying, holy oh. cow, this is a big church. Yeah. There's a lot of us here. Yeah. yeah. And to be able to see that either in the auditorium, in worship, in the lobby, and during yeah. the transfer while volunteering, that's just been a joy to see as well. As we close out this section before we get to the introduction of the new sermon, just what are some things on your mind is how do we as a people keep that momentum going? You know, as with any new thing, sometimes the newness and the fun mm. part wears off. What's what's some of the things just to remind us all as we move forward in this this new season this fall? It's a great question, Randy. As you ask that, the first thing that comes to my mind is is when you read the Old Testament, especially like um, there seems to be this piece in the Samuels, you get it, but but the priests got comfortable with the things of God. Mm. And that did not end well. Right. And I just feel like what a, a temptation for us when we move into this building um, to just to get used to it and to get used to God giving incredibly blessed, I mean, the level of blessing that he's given us is unparalleled. And just to get used to that mm. and and get comfortable, like that God did a work. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we purposely went through like crossing the Jordan, crossing the Delaware, because it, this is not just, oh, we raised some money and hired some contractors. This right. is a move of God. And I just feel like something that I'm guarding my soul in is just, getting comfortable with the move and the things of God and kind of just expecting God to do, I mean, we expect God to move move among us, but just entitled that God would move among us. I want to be more sensitive. Like, like more has been given to us Mm -hmm. and there's more required. And so I don't want to get comfortable in the blessing. I want to be more responsive with all the, the stewardship he's given us. That's great. I think I think one manifestation of that specifically is that idea of my people become new people. And you know, we all have our people here, but just yeah. the the overwhelming reality of new people are coming. And we Jillian and I had dinner a couple weeks ago with some co-leaders in our connection group and just their attitude was like, what what do we need to do? What do we need to do to accommodate the people who are coming? Mm. And I again, you know, God bless people Keystone because I've seen that pervasive attitude across the board with people of just what do I need to do to be welcoming from what they do on the weekends um, to what can we do in connection groups and and forward. So I think uh, to me, that thing of just part of that not forgetting is, man, people are coming and they don't have a spiritual family. And what an opportunity we have just in that way to reach new people. That's great. You know, hundreds, literally hundreds of new people. What do you want your church to do? You ask anyone, what do you want your church to do? I want to reach my community. Well, our community is coming in hundreds more. What a blessing that is. Man, 100%. Lord, give us strength and wisdom to to steward that well. Yes. Uh, One of the things we look forward to as we uh, enter the fall is um, we had a couple weeks, you know, the grand opening, the vision casting with Noah and Follow, which I always enjoy every year. And it's great for our people to always know where we're going, why we do what we do. But we get a brand new sermon series starting this Sunday, Sermon on the Mount, uh, very well-known passage, phenomenal depth and width of what's going on there. But for, for both of you, I think it's always interesting to tell our people why this section of the Word of God at this time in our church? Because um, I know people might not understand this, every time, every topic, every sermon series is strategically thought through 
by elders, by the leadership of, of what's going on. And, wow. and we'd love to hear the, the thoughts of why this part of the Word of God now. Well, I want to say, uh, we'll talk about the strategy. I am fired up because this has been a heavy season of vision. <laughs> like we did the parables, <laughs> but I didn't preach the parables in July. So I did... Why are we moving? Mm. What to expect? Then we did closing celebration, then all the transition, and then no one follows. So praise God, yeah. we're in a passage yeah, of the my Bible. My wife's like, I'm ready. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So excited just yep. to be like, let's just be faithful to the text in Matthew, whatever That's it is good. that week. Yeah. I am so excited about that personally. But to answer your question beyond that is, um, it is a unique season uh, for us. And we anticipated that a new facility at minimum would be kind of a milestone in our history. Like 2023, if you mm. tell the story of Keystone, will forever be new building. Yep. It will, it's a milestone. It's a pivotal point in our in our context. But also with that pivotal context is the anticipation that there would be people who would come in. Mm-hmm. And so as we moved in, we're in the season where we want to get back into the gospel. We try to get into a gospel every four years. Um, that puts you through all four gospels in 16 years. We do think in long That's terms. That's right. Like, there you go. We, we really do think through that. Like, what genre have we been in? If you want to see the spreadsheet, let me know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, um, and so it's right about the season to be in gospel. And um, as we begin to think about that, uh, I've never had the opportunity to be uh, preached to the Sermon on the Mount, and yet I don't know that there's been a more impactful um, section of Scripture in the way that I think about following Jesus. And mm. so I don't know if it's my favorite book in the Bible or my favorite chapters in the Bible, but it is a, a well of never changing the the inclinations of your heart and what it means to follow King Jesus. And so we actually thought, what if... From the get-go of this pivotal season at Keystone, we started with what does what would King Jesus want this church to look like? Mm. And Sermon on the Mount gives an incredible start to that reality. And so it's on purpose that in this season, if Jesus is king of this church, what would he want to say? And I feel like the Sermon on the Mount, pound for pound, two chapters of the Bible is bringing some heat. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. Uh, one other dimension of that is the flourishing piece, oh, which yeah. as elders, we established that direction. And last year was God's voice, loudest voice, which was, I think, a powerful theme for our church in that season. Yeah. And so this year with flourishing coming out of the end of Hebrews, and then we talked about connection with good leaders like this with the Sermon on the Mount, you know, uh, the the sermon series this summer, Flourishing in the Kingdom, was kind of the stories of flourishing. And this is, the Sermon on the Mount is the manifesto, the, the manual, the the playbook uh, of what it means to flourish. And so, man, we go from these stories that took us to the to the point of flourishing to now, here's the manual that Jesus gives us of what is a flourishing life in the kingdom. So, yeah, it, it I think it dovetails really well with what we did this summer and with the with the flourishing, the idea of flourishing, which is so important for us. And also coming around off the study of the parables, there there is a lot of Maybe the word countercultural isn't right, but it doesn't seem intuitive when you start. Whether it's the beatitudes, mm-hmm. there's some, there's some aha moments of you know, is this what you mean? Because it's what I'm getting on a day to day basis of whatever context I'm in. This isn't what I'm being told. This is so different from that. And so let's let's tease out briefly. I don't want you to give away all the stuff. Come Sunday, that's where all the stuff. But as you've looked at 
your passages already. Some first impressions, either for the first time, have you something new to you in Sermon on the Mount, or just a reminder of the power of those sections? What are some of the first impressions as you as you dug into the, these passages? Uh, so, something I would say is, I might steal this from you, Brent, because I think you told me this, but it's so true. Sorry. <laughs> uh, just how much of it we know, but we know it in sort of a cultural way. Like, mm. The golden rule, well, you know, everybody knows the golden rule is even secular people, but there's, there's a kingdom, there's a kingdom understanding of that stuff. And so I'm looking forward to us putting it in the proper perspective that it needs to be put in from God's word. So yeah. that's, I think that's number one. I think the second thing is, as a follow-up to the summer series on the parables, how much of the Sermon on the Mount is reflected then in the parables that Jesus tells? You can't help but read the Sermon on the Mount and be like, Oh, that's the point Jesus was making with the parable of the sower. Oh, that's the point he was making with the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And so it's so interesting to have that perspective backwards from the summer going into the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, that, yeah. So that's, those are a couple of things I've noticed. And Matt, that's even true throughout the book of Matthew. I mean, there's the book of Matthew is split into five discourses, and the third of the, of the five discourses is the parabolic discourse because Matthew is constantly saying, this is what the kingdom of heaven, Matthew's way of saying the kingdom of God looks like. And so we have it in the kingdom manifesto of the Sermon on the Mount 5 through 7. I think is it 13 in, is the parabolic discourse? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um, and so he does because that's what I'm excited about this series. I mean, if you guys could see where we're recording this is a whiteboard and it looks like the beautiful mind, me trying to sketch out everything <laughs> that I would love to teach about this. Uh, and and we're not gonna be able to get to all of it, but the, the joy for me is there's so much of the Sermon on the Mount that if you can't quote, if I started it, you could finish it. Mm-hmm. And there's so many, but what Jesus is trying to do is get at the heart level of what is really in your heart, and that is a a compass to are you trusting in my kingdom and my ways or the earth's ways? Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you as a preacher through this, I've told Matt this, like I'm actually, I don't know that in a, in a series that we've preached, I'm praying more for my own soul as we go through the Sermon on the Mount because I want to operate in the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. I don't want to operate in the kingdom of earth. And we live on the kingdom of earth. We'll talk a little bit of why that's that tensions that's there. But I'm eager for my own soul because I don't want to be able to just quote the Sermon on the Mount. I want to, I want to embody, as it were, what Jesus is talking about. And so simple. So I mean, again, this isn't new information, but just trying to let it distill inside of my soul at a level. And I hope that that's true in our church as well. Mm, yeah, it's good. And I think that's uh, as we close out this section. The last thought I was thinking is what what would be something helpful for our people to remember as we go through it? And, and that's part of it there. There will be sections of the Sermon on the Mount that will seem extremely familiar to you that you'll almost want to check out yep. because you've heard it so much. And what I think encouragement would be is pause for a second and, see, and go back to what the word is trying to point out to it. Just like in parables, I thought it was a helpful tip for our people to say, listen, there, this is a story that's being told to teach a lesson. Don't, don't make it more than it is. And I think there's a similar help here saying, listen, you might have heard this in many contexts. Even, yep. I mean, I've had businesses that use some of these oh, yeah. contexts. Let's go back to what is Matthew through the Holy Spirit, the word of God saying 
in this situation, in a kingdom concept, any other helpful tips as we, as we enter into this to prepare our people for? You know, I think a helpful tip is the Sermon on the Mount. You can sit down and read it in less time than it takes you to watch a Netflix show. So, which Netflix show? No, I'm just well, <laughs> a, 20, a twenty-two-minute thing. And so, I a practice we did as our elders this last Tuesday mm-hmm. is we just read through the whole thing slowly, and and then we began to say, "What's hardest for me?" And then we asked the question, "What's hard for our church?" And what's hard for and that's for us to try to be good teachers and and shepherd the flock of God among us. Mm-hmm. But I do think, man, um, it would be really helpful for you to get familiar with the Sermon on the Mount and not not just so you can check it off that you read it, but read it pondering it, like thinking deeply about it, like read it like poetry, like what's the, what's God trying to say here instead of like just the like the a priority first reading that you would do. And we're going to be here for a while. And so I'm hoping that God kind of steeps some of these things into our heart. Not to get too carried away, but you and Brent, you and I have talked about this, and we talked about it as elders too, and it's a theme in all the Bible. It was a big theme in Hebrews, but it's going to emerge again, is that so much truth happened in the Scripture, is happening, and will happen someday. Mm-hmm. And so understanding that unlocks so many things about the Word of God. Just that cosmic perspective uh, in Scripture is just going to be, and it's going to emerge again in the Sermon on the Mount of what God did, what He's doing, and what He will do is encapsulated in so much truth, and we need to think that way. It's so big. Yeah, it's so big. We are so excited. What We just continue on this fall. We're grateful where the, the facility we're in. We're grateful to how the last three or four weeks have done and everyone's participation in that. And we're just so excited with what the fall has for us. We have kickoffs off the way, a new sermon series, and come and along. Keystone, weather. And Keystone Conversations is back. Keystone yes, Conversations is back. New season, all ready to go. So come with us, join us this weekend. Thanks so much for being part of the conversation today. If you'd like to know more about Keystone in general, hear our sermons, listen to more of Keystone Conversations, please visit keystonelife.com. Until next time, keep the conversations going.